Welcome to the Christine Means Business Podcast. My name is Christine Hansen and I'm a business consultant helping entrepreneurs to scale their business without working more through wonderful team management, leadership and strategy. Together with fellow experts or my own, this podcast is designed to share the most actionable tips, pieces of wisdom and anecdotes that will help you to avoid any mistakes that will cost you time or money to grow your business. It is my absolute joy to share that knowledge with you to help you for your ultimate success. You will get a new episode every two weeks and there's loads of free materials on my website christinemeansbusiness.com. So go ahead and check that out and I'm looking forward to hear your feedback and please don't forget to give us a couple of stars if you enjoy what you've been hearing on your podcasting platforms. And without further ado, let's start the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this brand new episode of Christine Means Business. And if you are watching, then you will see that I'm not on my own, but I have the fabulous Nick Walney here with me as a guest for today's episode. And you know that I cannot wait to take these opportunities to shamelessly pick my genius friends' brains. So let me tell you a little bit about Nick. So he is a writer and he's a media and messaging strategist for entrepreneurs. Now that alone is already my eyes have like these gold emoji stars in them. <laughs> he's given over 40 live TV interviews, which I love to watch actually, by the way, commenting on marketing and technology, writing contributed content for entrepreneur, woo, business insider and social media examiner, and has been featured with Reader's Digest, Men's Health, Vice, the Houston Chronicle and USA Today. So this is a big deal. I'm like, whoa. Lead Pages describes him as a creative thinker whose marketing strategy converts big. And the Houston Business Journal declared him a top LGBTQ-owned business personality. How fantastic is this? Now, Nick, welcome so much here. And I'm so happy to be talking to you today. So as you know, I'm mainly working with coaches who have decided either to start a business online or who are stuck. And I find one of the main questions that comes is how do people find me? How do I get clients? Sometimes they have an inkling that writing could be a part of it. But in the end, I find if you're a good writer, in the end, the main referral source that you could have is, is Google. And Google loves written content in the end. So what was your journey to get to where you are kind of? Because you didn't start that way. And then what can you help us do? Because I feel we need kind of a, a starting point as to where, how do I, this writing thing, it seems so vast. Some see Shakespeare in their head, others see their favorite <laughs> author or Brennan Brown. And it's just like, okay, writing is a lot of things, but how can we use it for entrepreneurship? Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to be <laughs> reconnected with you. You know, it's been almost two years since we've seen each other face to face, right? Yeah. Um, in San Diego. Um, yeah. So here's a little bit about uh, my background. So before I was doing what I was doing right now, um, the first time that I went into business for myself, I had, and that was actually when we met, I had a very niche business offering. I was doing digital marketing consultation for uh, multi-location 
fitness studios, yoga studios, essentially mom and pop owned businesses that had grown to multiple locations. It was similar to what I had been doing um, previously as a career, kind of doing regional management and COO work for uh, a multi-location operation that was, that was similar to that. Um, and something that we discovered uh, in that process is, you know, we had been doing almost no digital marketing strategy. Um, and one day the, the owner of the studio, she came to me and she said, I know that you're thinking about marketing. Hey, you know, we have an email list of 60,000 people. Should we do something with it? And, no, just leave uh, it. I mean, what? And so, like, so I think steam was coming out of my ears, or maybe I went to the bathroom <laughs> to throw up at when I heard that, or something like that. But if you think about it, so anyone who's signing a waiver, if you've ever like signed a waiver before you go and take an exercise class or something like that, like usually in your contact information, you're putting down your email address, and then that was just how that was getting added. You know, it was just a very different. Um, it was this offline use of. Mm -hmm email list, right? Which is very, very different from what we're trying to do online. And so by putting really basic uh, sequences and, you know, education in place and automating that for people, we were able to win back a lot of business. We had one automation in place to where people, you know, had canceled their membership after six months. We offered them a great deal to come back in and try us and see what had changed. Um, and then also for people that were kind of getting to know us and they're in their first month with us, um, we would do two things. One is that we would show off some past media accolades, you know, oh, you know, best in the city for this, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And two is that, you know, particularly for yoga, this business was a yoga business. Um, a lot of people are scared of yoga. They're, you know, they're like, I, you know, I can't tie myself into a pretzel. All <laughs> I see on Instagram are people doing crazy, crazy stuff, things. you know, like yeah. I don't think I can touch my toes like what should, you know so just giving them some education around like around the basics you know um like here are here's how to do some of the basic poses that you're going to see in every class hey check out this free video or um here's a little bit more about the three different types of classes we offer you know and mm -hmm. the difference between each you know so you might just you might have taken one but you may discover that you actually like one of the other ones way better um, so, you know, just to put in some of that basic content mm -hmm. to educate people was making a tremendous difference. And even if people didn't end up becoming members, they just knew so much more about who we are and what we did. Yeah. And they were able to like communicate it effectively to their friends as well. So the, the nice thing about that too, is that we wrote that content once we created mm -hmm. that content once, and then we actually never touched it again. And Which it is just, my favorite yep, thing. It just worked ever. on autopilot. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's, you know, in terms of what we're talking about, we're talking about content today. We're talking about uh, marketing. I think it's important for people to distinguish between these two buckets of content in that okay. you've got, you've got search-based content and you've got social-based content. Yes. So many people are, um, they're worried about, oh, I got, oh I, I'm, I'm getting ready to be a full-time coach. I've got to make a new Instagram right now. I know. You know, <laughs> you know it's something like that. But it, it's important to distinguish between the two because if you've got the, the disadvantage to feed-based content, something like a Facebook where you've got a feed or an Instagram feed or something like that, is that you've just got to keep depositing into it over you and do. over and over again. Um, and there's this whole other world. It's maybe a little less sexy, uh, the filters are not as cool, you know, and all the buttons and widgets. Um, but there's another world and that's search-based content, which is content that you create once 
um, you set it up so that you can be discoverable um, from different, you know, different mm-hmm. people in, in the future for weeks and months to come. Agreed. And you just don't have to mess with it again, right? I agree. So. And it's, we are, like, I feel very often as coaches, we implement all the bells and whistles and then we expect a kaboom to happen and have this huge stream of clients. And the thing is, that's never going to happen. Like, okay, the better your foundations are, the more you will be able to convert. But in the end, it is a long-term game and you need people to find you. That's why I love searchable content because my biggest word of mouth is Google in the end and it's Mm. free. So I love this stuff because it's, as I say, you set it, you forget it. It works for you for years with Sleep Like a Boss. It's, I think the post parasites and sleep is the most popular post we have. And I bet I have over 80% of my clients came through that one post. So it's really, it's fantastic. Like I could never have a Facebook ad ever making such a return on investment because the investment was just my time for once. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think it's important to, to, for, for people to identify, to even go into that media piece a little bit, um, I find that having um, having that media element in the picture, it, if nothing else, it, it's not to it's not to tell people look how great I am. It's just to remove um, skepticism yes. faster, so that you can help people faster, Agreed. right? So you know, people don't have to be reading your work or listening to your um, you know your audio or watching your videos through these rose-colored glasses of skepticism about like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, does this actually work? Things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, by putting, by injecting media early on in the picture, um, media is instant credibility, right? Okay. It helps to just rapidly remove um, that skepticism for, mm-hmm. for a lot of people that are in your audience. So it's, I, I know we're both, um, uh, you know, media enthusiasts uh, <laughs> in terms of it, uh, in our business. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why is it just allows you to get real and to, for your audience to kind of lean in, um, and listen to what you have to say and to, to be helped. Yeah. Yes. And I think in health and wellness, it, it can be tricky to get testimonials. Not everyone wants the whole world to know that they worked on a particular problem. Like right. if you have irritable bowel syndrome, not everyone wants right. to know that you shit your pants on a regular date. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it can be tricky to get a testimonial. And that's why I find media is speaking for you. It's immediate street cred, gives you cloud And it's just, you don't have to wait a gazillion years to get those testimonials in. So I just think it accelerates this credibility factor so, so much. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, media is starting to shift. Um, even in the in the past several years, uh, you know, there's a statistic floating around um, that for 2019, there were about 7,800 media professionals who were laid off. Um, you know, and, and so media is, media is changing. Um, Outlets are looking for ways to create more content and mm-hmm. have it be more cost effective, right? Because it, yeah. it's just like that business model in a nutshell is usually along the lines of more content, more page views, the more time, you know, the more popular a post is, the more ads get shown, the more revenue, blah, 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 right? That, like that's a publisher's business model in a nutshell. So there's an incentive for publishers to be able to quickly produce more content um, at a certain level of quality. 
And that's, you know, more and more of these publishers are exploring um, contributed content, you know, yeah. having their content not be written by an employee, but having their content be written by, uh, you know, a thought leader or an industry expert, or really beginning to delve into the world of opinion editorials, yes. right? Op-eds, you know, so that, so I, I'll write for Entrepreneur um, a fair amount and my piece is an entrepreneur. It even says right under the byline, <laughs> the opinions expressed by the entrepreneur contributors yes, are their like own opinions. <laughs> but at the same time, so it kind of does two things there. One, it's a really credible placement because mm -hmm. I wrote the article. That's a different, it has a different gravity to it than um, being one of seven experts cited, uh, you know, in an article with, that has a bunch of quotes, right? Agreed. They're, they're it's a different. Good. It's a different level. I hate right. to say. <laughs> right. Well, so you have a little bit more control. It's it's a couple things. So one, I mean, it's more coverage. Um, usually, you're a little bit more in control of your message. Um, mm -hmm. I know that people before they've done interviews views um, to get those quote placements. And then, you know, like what they said is actually was spun out of context a little bit, right? So, you know, it's actually where, <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you may have experienced also, or like you're actually mm -hmm. losing control of your message a little bit. So um, it gives you more control of your message. And then you, what's nice is like, you have the endorse, you have the obvious endorsement of the platform because it's like, you're an extension of that platform's voice. Yeah. Um, so it's so it's a powerful placement. Um, one one reason that I focus on helping people write more and to write faster is that for many of these contributed article opportunities, your your pitch um, or your proposal needs to include a draft of your article already mm -hmm. done. Right. So it's enough of it's enough uh, ripping the bandaid off just to, you know, uh, put together a pitch that makes sense and to figure out who to send it to, you know, all this stuff and have a good idea. Gosh, and now you're going to ask me to write an entire article too. Like just for, so for a lot of people, for many of us, we're rusty on writing. We haven't written <laughs> deeply since college, perhaps. Yes. Right? You haven't had to write a paper in years and years. So uh, the notion of writing an article and then having it potentially not get accepted that's mm -hmm. that just that sounds exhausting you know plus i think if i'm correct some of those outlets will say yes you can contribute but you have to contribute if we do accept you you will have to contribute a certain amount or a certain amount of pieces in a regular kind of time frame which can also if you take five gazillion years to write a piece that can just seem like it's going to take away your life right yep yeah, absolutely. They want contributors who will be throwing stuff out on a regular basis. Um, the one I know off the top of my head that has like a hard um, specific uh, number is Inc. Inc. Magazine. If you take a contributor platform with them, it's 52 pieces a year. It's a piece That's every a week, right? Yeah. And so, and, yeah. it's, and um, actually don't know at the time of this interview if it's paid or not, but, but if it is paid, it's certainly not um, a whole lot, right? No, um, you, know, it's, <laughs> you it's won't not, be able it's, to. It's, to yeah, it's no one's full-time job. Yeah, exactly. Like people yeah. are doing that in addition. Like it's good coverage, absolutely. But you know, you what will behoove you is to um, to learn how to get out of your own way with writing. Yeah, uh, with writing faster and this apply even if you're not someone who wants to write uh, emails. Maybe you want to mostly make videos, or you want to mostly you know do a podcast or you know some other outlet. Um, 
being able to write rapidly, it lends itself to more email marketing. It lends itself to more, you know, if you're going to outline any of your content, you know, you're probably going to, you know, make a plan of what you're going to do in a video before you shoot the video, right? Um, so all of this different stuff, just the ability to to warm those muscles back up, those writing muscles. Um, it's actually, you know, it's a big piece of the puzzle for a lot of people who want to create content online. I agree. And it happens that you teach this stuff, which I just find amazing. So I was lucky mm. enough to snatch one of your very early um, launches that you did. And so I got everything at a steal because I'm cunning like that. But <laughs> I loved it. So much. I have to say, I haven't watched everything, but just the first module alone, I was like, oh, there's new resources. It all makes so much sense. I know, like I, even just after our first module, I felt confident enough to actually go and write an article fairly quickly. So awesome. there's a couple of steps in there, but let's say we have someone listening now and they're like, this makes sense. I have a platform that I know I want to guest write for, or I don't feel comfortable with video, although I always say video is important, but let's say we have someone who's just, you know, slowly getting into the waters and they just feel more comfortable, not on camera, which is totally fine for me. If you blog, that's cool too. But let's say they are like, okay, I want to do this, but I just don't know how. What are some things that they can do? Like you don't, obviously you don't reveal your whole bag of tricks because people have to get that. Um, but what is like one piece where your audience has generally gone, aha, now I get it. Or one piece where you'd say, okay, if you actually implement this, this is going, this is the most important thing that I would recommend you not skip. Yep. yep. Totally. Um, I'll give two. Okay. Ooh. So I'll give two. So number one is the actual creation of written content and uh, what people mostly get stuck with is around what to write about, where to write about it, and then actually writing it, right? So, you know, in terms of what to write about, uh, it's, it's always good to be figuring out who, what, what topics are being presented already um, on the internet uh, that relate to your expertise in some way. Um, and that is counterintuitive. Uh, often you feel, like, you feel like you need to talk about uh, something that no one else has ever talked about ever yes, before. Um, exactly. But at this point in the, you know, in this day and age uh, of the internet, that, that doesn't really exist anymore. Uh, there was a, there's a term, it was coined in like 2015, 2016, a while ago, and it's called peak content. And it refers to the fact that pretty much for the most part, everything that you could possibly write about has already been written and already exists on the internet, right? A little bit. <laughs> it's like a huge myth buster and a little bit disillusionary in a way, mm -hmm. but yes. <laughs> yeah. So I think we often, especially when we're beginning in business, we often feel like, okay, I got to find my niche or I've, mm -hmm. you know, I've got a, uh, you know, uh, marketing professionals, they'll call it blue ocean and red ocean. Red ocean is full of sharks. You know, there's a lot of competition. Blue ocean, you know, there's lots of opportunity. No one's there yet. But the thing is, the thing is the, that red ocean, that, that more popular place, that's where the fish are. You know, that's where people are hanging out. People are looking for parasites and sleep. People are looking for, you know, okay, like uh, tips to, you know, tips to better fall asleep at night when it's day 3000 of quarantine. Yes. Things like that. So, you know, it's, it's about writing what people are searching for anyway. Um, and 
providing a, like a, a new spin on it or just injecting that same topic with your unique personality and your unique outlook or approach. That is enough differentiation, um, you know, to be potentially be new content, right? But I think it's important to keep, for anyone listening, I think it's important to keep a bank of, you know, just how, how are your topics being presented on the mm-hmm. internet? Who's writing about your expertise and how are they writing about it? There's a great tool called BuzzSumo um, that I teach in the course actually, uh, in the mini course and, uh, it's buzzsumo.com and you can type in any term and it will show you the most popular content on the internet for that term. Um, another, another one I like, especially now because economically the, the whole world is almost like flipped upside down with this, you know, with all this stuff with COVID. Um, I do a Google search on a topic, uh, and then underneath the Google search bar, there's uh, there's a little tools section there's, and you can click on tools and you can actually filter the results by publication date. Uh, and so I'll filter results for the last month. Yes. Um, and it's so, yep. fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's so fascinating. then you can see, rather than seeing the most popular stuff ever, like if you were going to do paleo diet, for example, that's been around for a while and the top results probably have years and years of page views racked up, right? Yes. But you want you, but you want to see who's writing about paleo diet as it relates to when you're cooking for the whole family and it's month three or four or five of quarantine, right? You know, so you, so you've got to filter that. So using, um, using like a Google search or, or something like that, um, any, any search provider, uh, and then filtering for what is recent, that's going to help you get a feel for how people are talking about your expertise now. Um, and then for where to talk about uh, your content, um, then it's just, it's good to see what other people in your industry, where they are potentially writing for. Um, and mm-hmm. it's also good to hop on to general places like Reddit or, um, you know, online forums where people are having conversations about what to check out. Maybe there are some free Facebook groups that are about your topic and you can see just what resources people are going to in order to mm-hmm. get the information they need. And then, you, you know, that's where you need to be. That's fantastic. I love this so much because it's just like, yes, you do need to do your research, but I find it vastly exciting because there's just so much out there that we don't know because you don't know everything. It's just, you don't, you have your little bubble, but doesn't mean that there's a gazillion other little bubbles out there. So it's your job to figure out, okay, what is my crowd actually digging? You know, which podcasts are they listening to? What kind of blogs are they reading? Are they more entrepreneur people or are they maybe more, I don't know, inspired coach, which is a completely different voice, you know, yep. but what is similar maybe to that? What are they related to? Who they link to? You know, we look at their contributors. Where else did they contribute? So it's this little treasure hunt and just gathering every bit of information is going to leave you with so many places that you can pitch to. It's just fab. Amazing. So now we know, we have an idea what we want to do. We kind of have an idea where we want to pitch and now it's the beast. (laughs) Yeah. How do you get that butt into that seat to actually write? Yeah. Well, I think most people struggle with writing nowadays because they want it to be at a certain level from the very beginning, especially if you're an expert, especially if you're a professional, you have, you know, perhaps already had a career. Um, you don't want to feel like a beginner. It's actually, you know, yeah. as we get older and older, it feels harder and harder to, you know, be a beginner, right? We become more and more uh, averse to to doing that. And so, <laughs> I teach it. Uh, I like to call it the dirty draft. 
Um, so it's your first draft. Uh, and it's, this is about getting words on paper. Um, and it is, it is really, really dirty. Like you're going to have sentences that don't make sense. I encourage people to potentially even free write their first draft. Yeah. Um, there are some tools online that help you with free writing because for many people, you may discover that you want to start writing more regularly and you go to open up, you know, Microsoft Word or Google Docs or whatever, and even to write freely. Like it's difficult to even like literally just write your stream of consciousness. And there are people that can't, that cannot even do to that me. at yeah. first. Right. So it's, you got to kind of reawaken those muscles. Uh, there's a, <laughs> if you, if you like kind of a, a masochistic approach, there's an <laughs> online tool that I'll go to sometimes when I need to really shake it up. Um, <laughs> it's called the most dangerous writing app. That's the name of the app. <laughs> Exciting. So, Very inviting. So you, yes. yes. <laughs> so you Google it. It was acquired. I, I don't remember the name of the software company off the top of my head, but if you Google most dangerous writing app, you'll find it. And so it's a web page. And if you, if you want it to give you a prompt, it will give you a prompt. And then you choose a time window and, and uh, then you go in and you free write. But if at any time you stop for more than five seconds, Oh no. Everything you've written gets deleted. No. <laughs> and so, right. So that sounds, that sounds horrifying, but we're not, we're not looking to like, we're trying to, we're trying to speed things up, right? Like we're just trying to get you to write quicker and so, and you can do You can do one minute to start. You can do two minutes to start. Right. Um, it has it set to, I think five minutes is the default, um, which feels like an eternity if you've yeah. done it. Um, but you, when you have that like ticking time bomb feeling, <laughs> you will like, you will write words that make absolutely no sense. You will not even write sentences anymore, yes. but then something will, something will start to happen in your brain. Yes. You'll begin to get into that flow state where you just get used to writing mm -hmm. words. And then the other thing that happens is, you know, once you've got the words on paper, um, it's way easier to go back and say, okay, you know, like this part doesn't make sense, but this nugget is really good. I think I should actually expand that there. It's much easier to, in my opinion, it's much easier to copy edit than it yes. is to write, right? You can I look agree. at a bunch of stuff on a page and say, okay, you know what? Like actually that's a really good little nugget. That's a really good little nugget. Let's expand on that. Um, and so in terms of teaching that, so I teach the dirty draft, like doing a rough draft just as quick as you can, as dirty as you can. Um, then I teach a second draft, which is where you're going through, you're doing some major surgery in that draft. You're getting it to where it, it kind of makes sense. You're not obsessing over what's the right word to use. Like you're just getting it to, to the point where it's logical. Mm -hmm. And then finally I teach a third draft where you're going to go, through, maybe you, you know, you sleep on it and then you come back to it. And a third draft is where you can kind of go through and say, okay, I want this to sound a little bit more like me or, oh, you yeah. know what? I just thought of a good additional example that I can put in this. Um, so, and then some people do more than three drafts, but I find that if you take that approach, like that's three very different mindsets mm -hmm. for the same article, right? Like the dirty draft is like, it's probably the sloppiest thing you're going to do in your business in a very long time. Um, you know, and then the, the second draft, kind of that surgery draft is where you're just kind of making sense of things, but, but you've got a little bit more, you're a little more invested at this point, right? It's a little bit easier. And then finally to, you know, to clean it up and get it ready to present that can be like a separate session. I love this so much. And it's totally doable. And it's fun because the free writing thing, I do that with my clients when I ask them to journal what is keeping them back because it goes into, and I've, I was taught 
I was, when I wrote my book years ago, and I never talk about my career because I don't like it, but <laughs> we did this when I had writer's block and it was a, mm. just a task I had to do every day and I had to write for 15 minutes. And I remember writing sentences like, I don't know what the fuck to write about. You know, this yep. is really boring. I don't know what to say, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. But then it's true that your brain starts to go new ways that have been there. It's just that your brain takes the same pathways. It's lazy. So when you make it, it will finally open up those cobwebs and go digging into all that knowledge you've stored somewhere. So it's a fantastic strategy. I love it so much. Yeah. It's yeah. brilliant. Awesome. So would you say that if someone reaches out to media, obviously read the guidelines, right? It's the first thing you should do. Do they want a pitch? Do they want an article? But do you think if, if there's nothing there, it impresses more if you go with a piece? It's a good question. In some, on some guidelines, if they don't want a piece, they will explicitly say that. Like, please do not send, um, please do not send manuscripts, or please do not send like completed articles. Um, please send a pitch first. It depends on the outlet. You know, The Guardian, for example, um, they do not accept unsolicited manuscripts. Um, and some, you know, in book culture, like some, you know, sometimes people will they will literally spit their manuscript out at every single email address they can find in the hopes that they can get some coverage. Um, but I do think it um, presents uh, something of interest, you know, saying, uh, pairing a pitch with a draft uh, yeah. to say like, hey, I think this would be a great piece. Um, I've actually written a draft of it uh, for consideration because again, a lot of media, especially now when teams are leaner than ever and they're responsible for more content than ever, um, they are looking for how to make their job easier right? yes agreed. and how how to have more of an end results i remember working with a, with an editor over at well and good and she's like uh this was for a client back when i had an agency job and she and she said hey you know we can put this person's quote in but i need it in the next 45 minutes yes because i have to publish six pieces today she was oh writing God. all six pieces and she had to get all six pieces out. Um, so she's like, I'd love to include your person, but I literally have to have it in 45 minutes because I got to go on to the next piece after that. Um, so just, so just getting a sense of like, you know, what, what these media professionals are going through a great approach is to make it as easy as possible for mm -hmm. them to say yes. And I think one way to do that is to write the article for them. I agree. Um, and then at least, you know, at least if they have a protocol that only a journalist will be writing for them, then gosh, the journalist has a whole bunch of stuff to work with already, right? And they can just yeah. you know, ask you for follow-up and things like that. I agree. Um, but I just think that that is, you know, it's more and more the direction that uh, many of these outlets are going. And, you know, it, it's, it's just important to, you know, make it as easy as possible for them to say yes. Yeah. And something you might even be able to say is here's a draft. I'll be able to deliver a complete version within 24 hours as soon as you let me know, you know, because I yes. find that very often when I work with PR agencies, they will ask how quickly can you deliver? And it's just yeah. letting them know, like, if you give me the go ahead, I can do this within 24 hours. So even within yep. 12 hours, you know, so it's, it's really adding those little bits of information showing how ready you are that you are on standby for them is really going to go a long way. It was actually, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, a quick story about that. My first piece for Entrepreneur, 
I had, I had pitched them a, a boatload of times. <laughs> and um, so the first piece that I <laughs> got a response from the editor on uh, was, you know, it, there was a day last year, I believe, when uh, like, maybe you remember, it's like Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp were just yes, down for the day. I do remember. <laughs> remember that? Because people, yeah. people were freaking out. Yes. Um, so anyway, so they, you know, they were, it was down for the day. And so, and so that was my pitch. My pitch was about why you need, why email marketing uh, is still really freaking valuable. Right. Um, and so that was my pitch, you know, like, Hey, this happened yesterday. Would you like this article? Um, and the editor said, I'll take it. If you, so this, I send it at like 10 a.m. maybe. Uh, editor replies and said, I'll take it, but I need it by 3 p.m. today. And I literally had like Zoom calls almost oh, no. the entire time. Um, but, you know, I had an article about like, here are like, here are the benefits of email marketing. Um, like, you know, lucky me, like just sitting under a rock on my desktop, <laughs> you know, because it hadn't gotten placed. And I think that's what people also forget a lot. Like if you write an article and it doesn't get placed yes, um, right it. away, you can always use it later. And yeah. so I literally had 30 minutes of free time to like resuscitate this article and spin it and put the news hook into it and get it over to them. Um, and it worked. Uh, and there's no, and so if I didn't have that article um, already like in like fairly far along, um, there's absolutely no way I could have ever um, done that. Um, and it was published the next day. That's fantastic. Um, so I completely agree with that. That is, you know, that's a big piece of the puzzle. And again, going back to writing speed, you know, if, if you're interested in an outlet that um, talks about current events, um, then it doesn't work for them to uh, jump off of something that some politician said or that some world leader said and publish it a week later. That's yeah. way too late. Um, but for, and I think why, why many entrepreneurs and um, solopreneurs and small business owners kind of shy away from that world is that by design, PR and media are reactive yeah. And most entrepreneurship, we celebrate being proactive. Proactive. We celebrate yeah. being ahead of the curve. You know, like, so the energy of, uh, like for me, pitching a lot of local television, um, the energy of, can you drop everything and be on television tomorrow morning? Mm -hmm. um, you know, or in, I'm here in Houston, Texas. There is, a, there is a show that airs, it airs at 10.30 p.m. at night. So the producer comes in at 6 p.m., and looks at the news of the day and then determines what the show's gonna be. So <laughs> I will, so before, this has happened twice now, I will get a call at 7 p.m. like, hey, what are you doing tonight? <laughs> uh, this happened, this happened yes. today. Can you come in and, you know, can we do a segment and can you comment on it? Yeah. Uh, and so that spirit of like being willing and setting your business up to where you can drop everything and go yeah. uh, with it. Like that's where you can start to drum up these opportunities and the advantage of that, similar to what we were just talking about at the beginning of this conversation with, um, you know, creating content once and having it work over and over again, the same is true for media when you use it correctly. Um, so if you've got a TV spot or you've got, you know, you've been in refinery 29, all these incredible outlets. Um, once you get that placement, you own it. Like you can use that forever and ever and ever to create credibility and to show mm -hmm. off your smarts, right? So yes, uh, procuring the placement can sometimes be a little, 
a little wild. Um, but once you have it, you own it. Agreed. Um, and yeah. it's so worth it. Like seriously, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's always worth it. I, I agree. Yeah. So let's do a smooth transition into the piece that you wrote at the time on email marketing. See mm. how clever I'm doing this. Oh, well done. <laughs> so we, I love articles, obviously. I think it's, it's a must to have some written content out there in order to get found. I just think it's, it's non-negotiable. The other piece of it, and that's something, and I have to be very honest, I outsource this and I pay people a lot of money to do it for me, is <laughs> email marketing. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that I never write my own emails. I do sometimes, but in general, it's just, it makes me cringe. I really, and it's the first time ever that I'm doing this. So, but I'm doing it for my two businesses. Keep in mind that I've been doing this for a few years and I've always done it myself. Right. But what, how people, you know, these, these services are frankly super expensive. For me, it's worth it. And I don't have to worry about money at the moment. So it's fine. I can invest, but I know that a lot of people, you know, especially if they've just invested in a coach like me, they will have had an investment and they want to wing it and DIY it themselves pretty much. So email marketing is golden. I totally agree. You can do it in a very smart way and you should have people convert. Like, let's just be frank. If you have someone on your email list, it's your job to convert them into clients. So how does email marketing work? I feel a lot of people, they underestimate the power of email. And it is true that it's not the same as it was even four or five years ago. People are overwhelmed with inbox floating, like inbox completely overload. So how can you smartly take time once to focus on your email writing in order for it to pay off for years to come. Mm, Yeah. My experience, um, having previously been in an agency is that we would drum up, we would help people drum up results and drum up visibility and all of that good stuff. And perhaps there would be an influx of traffic to people's website or, you know, things like that. Um, and perhaps people would end up on, on an email list or on a newsletter list, you know, you get new subscribers and all that stuff. But then the question was, okay, now what? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now what's going to happen uh, in terms of those people continuing to get to know you uh, and all of that good stuff? Email uh, is not the sexiest platform. I 100% acknowledge that. Well, it's not sexy to many people. It is sexy. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, and here's why. Um, time and time again, email gets the best financial return on investment. Studies yeah. show, you know, for mm-hmm. larger agencies and companies, the average return is about $42 for every dollar spent on email marketing. Um, you know, another important thing to think about is that if you're building your audience on other platforms, you're, uh, you're building on a third-party platform. Uh, we've seen this with Facebook business pages. We recently saw this with Instagram. Mm-hmm. The third-party platform is a privately owned platform. They can decide at any time to redesign or recalibrate their algorithm um, to show different material in a different way. Uh, so last year, like up until last year, Instagram showed, uh, your connections posts in a chronological order. And then last year that changed and it actually turned a lot of people's businesses upside down who had been relying on that chronological feed. Right. 
Uh, same with Facebook business pages. 10 years ago, if you posted on a Facebook business page, every one of your fans would see your post. Mm -hmm. And now it's maybe it, industry standards about three to 5%. So if it feels like you're getting in front of, in front of no one, you're correct. You're uh, correct. Like yeah. I took and, all my efforts from Facebook. Like I yep. literally this week we asked the social media distribution platform, which we liked because we could repurpose content on, on Facebook. I was like, let's ax it. I'm not going to spend another cent. It's not worth it. Yep. Yeah. And so, and, 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 I mean, you can't, you can't fault them. As a publicly traded company, they have to work to be as profitable as possible and how they're profitable is with ads. So it totally makes sense. Like, okay, we're just mm -hmm. gonna turn down the distribution on your page unless you're willing to pay to play. Yeah. Um, with email, you have someone's private contact information. And so that barrier, that potential filter to communicate updates to your audience, you're not gonna have to deal with that filter. Um, you know, naysayers will talk about how emails have a low open rate, um, but one, people are gonna still continue to see your name uh, in their inbox over and over again. Um, and two, many people are sleeping on uh, what I call a welcome email sequence, which is that in the first week or two weeks, of someone being on your subscriber list, they're really into what you're doing. And those open rates are sky high. So mm -hmm. I looked um, I looked right before this interview, um, my open rates on the first three automated emails I have that go out, 72%, 55%, 52%. Yeah. Right? And that's, and I'm not like a special unicorn. That is, that's pretty much industry standard for open rates in the first week, right? Yeah. And so you want to communicate to these people who have signed up, who have given you their private contact information. Um, you wanna to communicate to them a little bit more about you, who you are and what you do, um, so that it is cemented in their brain. Um, and they're not gonna have an experience where six months from now, they get an email from you and they're like, who is this, yes. right? Like at least, you know, they may not buy now, that's fine. That's fine. Um, but they know who you are uh, and they're engaged and they see you as an expert. They see you as a leader. Um, and for many of them, they'll end up becoming the majority of your clients, the majority of people who buy from you. It's because they open and they read. They're ready to read and consume your information and expertise. Uh, so I think that for many people, you know, even if you, you're drumming up the traffic, you're running ads, you're getting PR, you're doing all of these other marketing tactics to get more people onto your list, mm -hmm. a, a piece of the puzzle that many people have missing is they do not have this welcome email sequence or you know it's also called a nurture sequence sometimes it's called an autoresponder sequence um, where again just like we've talked about before you write that content once you plug it in and then it is educating people over and over again about who you are and what you do oh great and i'm guilty of this like i had to sleep like a boss for two years with just one welcome email and then they were straight into my email list because into my newsletter list because I was too lazy to do it and I was just like cringing hence me outsourcing and <laughs> paying someone to do it for me but I do agree that I teach it actually in <laughs> in the third masterclass that I have I teach how to do it it's just that I personally hate doing it so <laughs> I'm just not always my best own student yep and for, but, me, and for me actually the um you know, this, that mini course of mine that you purchased. So mine builds up, um, I have a five email sequence and it builds up in the fifth email, I pitch that mini course. Um, and 95 plus percent of people don't buy, but a few do, uh, right? Few Cause do. they're like, okay. Um, but 
people now know what it is. Mm -hmm. And then what I actually do, pro tip, um, it's in the footer of my email um, for every newsletter after. Uh, just as a casual, like, hey, you know, this thing that I told you about, like, you can actually buy it at any time. And I, I do get transactions from that. So that's nice. You've kind of, you've already done the pitch. You've gotten it out of the way. The people who are interested are interested. The people who are not are not. And we're just going about our business. I agree. And the thing is, people expect to be sold on emails, you know, so if they mm. open, they are fully aware that they might be pitched, which is very, very different than social media where they might be sold and they're like, oh, fine. But yep. it's just very different when they get emails, everyone, because we are so over bombarded with e-commerce, even if we get new setters like this, we are expecting it. So you go in there with a different mindset. Either you immediately delete, I'm not in a mood today, but if you do open and read, it also means that those people are ready to actually maybe do a transaction that day, which is really, really powerful. So I, I really, really like it. Now, cleverly enough, <laughs> for people like me who are like, ugh, I know it, but I'm too lazy or I just don't like it, writing content for this email funnel, you have an amazing tool that you're actually giving away as a gift and you as my listeners get access to this. So tell us a little bit what it is. Yeah. So if you are someone who is interested in creating this welcome email sequence, which I strongly uh, encourage that you do because it's going to pull, it's going to pull its weight for you over and over again. Right. Then I recommend you create uh, a five email sequence to start. And I've got a tool to help you with that. It's free PDF. It's called the Welcome Email Workbook. It is a fillable PDF, which I love. So I go through the psychology of what each of the emails can consist of. Um, it's particularly good for coaches and personal brands because it kind of talks about, all right, you, you probably want to introduce a personal story here in this email, and then you want to do these other things for that email. So I introduce the methodology of these five emails. Uh, and then I actually give you prompts for each email where all you have to do is go in and click and write about yourself. And then you're gonna have the roadmap for each of these emails. You take the emails, you plug them into your email provider, you set it up. Every single email provider has very clear instructions in their, you know, in their education dashboard mm -hmm. on how to set up a nurture sequence or a welcome email sequence because it's a very popular automation. Um, the tricky thing is what to write about. Uh, and so with this resource, it's no thinking required. I'm actually going to tell you what to write about and it's your favorite subject. It's all about yourself. So you're going to, so you're going to love it. Um, so that resource is going to be available at the URL. Uh, it's, it's my website, which is my name, nickwolney.com slash W E W. And that stands for welcome email workbook. Um, so you can check out that resource. It is free. I strongly encourage that you prioritize this content because mm -hmm. once you've, again, once you've set it up, you set it up once and then it pulls its weight for you over and over and you never have to mess with it again. Exactly. And then you can go into PR and when people flog to your website because you're so amazing and can be found everywhere, your email list will do the rest for you, like that sequence. So I think this is genius. Absolutely. I think it is fantastic. It's something I've been looking for for a long time. So now obviously that I spend all my bucks becoming with this. Thank you. But no, I'm, <laughs> I'm still going to try it out and see. So we have the link in the show notes.
And what if, you know, we've been talking about your courses and you have, you know, so many different programs coming up as well. So talk us a little bit about what's in store right now and where people can find you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I have a couple of things coming up. One is, you know, we talked a little bit about this, this mini course that you had scooped up. Um, that is called the Prolific Writer Playbook. If you know that you want a system to write faster, write more articles, um, kind of swipe my system um, for how I pump out articles and potentially pitch articles to different outlets, uh, different um, you know international websites, things like that, then that resource is available. Um, all of this is on um, my website. I've got a uh, like a products page um, so that anyone who wants to shop around can do that. Um, I have a program coming up uh, that I'm really excited about uh, called the Online Writing Success System, which is a little bit more robust. It's going to address all of the different writing that you're going to experience as an online business owner. So mm -hmm. writing for you know regular email newsletters, writing for um, social media, how to write social media copy without it taking 45 minutes, you know, to write a single um, Instagram post, things like that. And knowing, I think this is important, knowing what um, content to prioritize in what mm -hmm. order, right? I think that's, I that. you know, so that you're not wondering like, oh, do I need to get on TikTok now? No. I know, no. Right? Like, <laughs> that actually going to give you the, the, right, the right steps in the right order. Um, and then a couple of times a year, we're actually in the middle of it right now, but a couple of times a year, I do a program called Fast Content Formula, which is all about speed. It's all about making a bunch of cool stuff for your business. The next time that will launch will be in August, 2020. Um, and that program is so much fun because it's live and I personally love it because I'm doing the program with you. Um, so we're all in the trenches together and like I'm doing my homework, you know, so I don't <laughs> post to my Facebook group, you know, the draft that I don't really want to post, um, you know, it's all that good stuff. So it's like, it is a really fun time. If you like live programs, um, it's an eight week program. So it's a nice, like medium sized bite. Um, then, um, you can be on the lookout for that. That's coming out again in August. Brilliant. I really feel there's something for everyone. And obviously that you can get on a wait list, I imagine, for the one that's launching in August. And just check out like Nick's whole social media. I love what you post. It's always super educational. Your articles, I just checked out your articles now and I actually already shared it. You just shared it a minute ago on Facebook. Mm, yes. and I already shared it to a friend of mine who's the CEO of a big company and is just getting really frustrated right now with people not being able to communicate. And I was like, mm, give yeah. them this. My yeah. friend Nick wrote about it in Entrepreneur. <laughs> so yeah, it's just, it's, Nick is a great person to follow and he's adorable and lovely and fun and even posts drag queen videos sometimes it's just fantastic <laughs> gotta it. keep it light yeah it's the most entertaining feed one of the my favorite feeds to stalk lovingly you know so <laughs> go and check him out and nick thank you so much i honestly am i'm so honored and humbled by all the wisdom you shared today it's incredibly generous so thank you so much thanks for having me it's great to be here thank you all right i'll talk to you guys next week in two weeks actually um, and check Nick out on his website. And if you have any other questions, please feel free to reach out and you can email me directly at Christine at christinemeansbusiness.com or check me out on my social media platforms where my handle is by Christine Hansen. See you very soon. Oh, 
right and here is what i usually forget at the end of every episode so first off thank you so much for listening and taking the time to tune in we really 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 appreciate it now don't forget that i've written a book with everything you need to know about growing and building a business online it's called we mean business the practical guide for creative entrepreneurs coaches and small businesses to build your brand and grow your business online you can find it on amazon but also in other online bookstores and on my website also please make sure that if you want to stalk me you follow me on facebook on instagram on youtube or twitter or pinterest or tiktok and if there was anything in this episode that you learned that you found entertaining that made you giggle then i would be over the moon if you'd left us a five star rating these ratings go a long way for more people to tune in and make sure that you follow the podcast as well to share the love and to have more people find it thank you so much and we'll see you in two weeks time for a new episode